at a later date, I'll be quite happy to sit here and tell you all the things about Chris Benoit that I'd like to tell you. Um, but now all I'm willing to say is that Chris Benoit was undoubtedly the hardest working man in professional wrestling. The most dedicated and totally absorbed in the business of professional wrestling about anybody I've ever met. And that's all I've really got to say at the moment. He was the absolute best. Welcome back to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom. And I'm Emir. And this week we have a special guest. Yes, hello. <laughs> I am the special guest. Uh, I am Chad. Um, if you don't know who I am, well, you clearly don't listen to very many podcasts from the MR Media Network <laughs> because I'm in almost all of them. Uh, and I'm also a big fan of what we're talking about today. But yeah, before, what, are your, what are your podcasts um, well, that you're on? Well, they're pretty illustrious. Mm. I was going to ask, where are we as well? Yeah, it's pretty illustrious, much like the illustrious and more media studios. Um, and the podcast that I record, um, I have a uh, reality TV podcast where we're co- currently covering Survivor. Um, mm. So that's Outlast Podcast. Um, me and your boy Grant, uh, we have a Detroit Pistons podcast uh, that no one listens to called The Pistons Pivot. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I also... Uh, along with the squad, everybody in this room actually just got done with the first episode of Sippin' Cinema. Mm, that was true. an adventure. I think we all had fun doing that. Yes, I did. So. Even though I, yeah. And then I also yeah. host a podcast um, called Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast, and that's about wrestling. So, Whoa! Yeah. So that's why we have Chad here today because our topic because they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get Austin, so they got me instead. That yeah, that's that the is reason. exactly why. Yeah, that's um, exactly because this this topic for this week is Chris Benoit. Um, who, if you don't know, famous wrestler from famous, he's famous, more like infamous. Yes. Yeah, well, inf- I wouldn't say famous because a lot of people, if they were born at a certain age, would not know who he is anymore because they have erased him. Well, he's famous history. now for probably less his wrestling, yes, and, and more his crimes that he committed, yes. yes. But uh, since Chad is a wrestling fan. We figured it'd be relevant to do a crossover episode. Yes. Uh, I have him on here. Yeah, yes. and Amir was on the last episode of Pinned for yes, a hot I minute. Mm-hmm. So. I was for like five seconds yeah. to maybe, plug Maybe this. if you watched wrestling, I'd have you on for an actual episode. But I, You know, three hours is a lot <laughs> for I me. I don't watch it. It doesn't stop me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is, I watch yeah. highlights. I mean, I thought about doing that, but at the same time, there's some people I just don't care about on there. That's true. Which is majority of everyone. You care about me though. Yeah, no, I care about you. But I care, you know, like Ronda Rousey, she's alright, you know, you know, and some of them. Becky Lynch, cool. I like her. But it's one thing that those two don't have in common. Well, three things. <laughs> they're not I mean, they're girls. Wait, there's three things they have in common or they don't have in common with the person we're talking about. One, they're girls. Two, they're not from Canada. And three, they didn't murder someone. Is Chris Benoit from Canada? Yes. Yeah, he's Holy shit. We're and talking we, about Canadian yeah. criminals in back-to-back weeks. Uh-huh. Mr. Christopher Benoit yes. is Canadian. <laughs> so, 
Let's jump into it right now with part one of Wrestling with Conspiracy. Just, just want to say before we start, big fan of the show, and I'm happy I'm finally on. Thank you. Well, we're yeah. happy to have you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Welcome to the so. brand of Tom and Emir. Oh, man, Tom and Chad and Emir. Yes. Yeah, she's yes. added me to the Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's very original Twitter handle. But uh, so we're going to start this with the early years of Crispin Watt, and I'm kind of going to break this up. I think it's going to be like a two-parter, I think. You know. I think, because I, when I was going into the research, I was like, holy shit. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And you can't really talk about like when it gets to the point to where yes. Benoit started the crimes. You have to start um, it Until all. you get kind of what started it. Yes. Because like, that man went through some fucked up shit. So, yes, he did. So, I'm going to kind of talk about, on this episode, I'm going to talk about all of Chris Benoit's, well, most of all his career up until 2003. And if anyone knows why I'm picking 2003, there's a great reason why. And you're going to find out why I'm picking this stop at 2003. Because it's going to leave us off at a perfect note of this. And I'm going to talk about Nancy, too. Ah, Nancy. Or woman. She was also known of. But Hmm. let's deep dive into it. So, Christopher Chris Michael Benoit was born May 21st, 1967. He's a prof- he's a Canadian professional wrestler who wrestled for Extreme Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling, and World Wrestling Entertainment. The three big ones. WWE. Yes, the, the three, three big, big ones. ones. It was ECW, WCW, WWE. The three big ones. Two of them are the dead day. now. Well, owned well, by WWE, yeah. which we're going to maybe talk about a little bit in here when I get to a little bit later on. Okay. But he's a World Heavyweight Champion in both WCW and WWE. I'm going to talk about that World Heavyweight title in WCW. And he is widely regarded as one of the most popular and gifted technical professional wrestlers of his generation. The dude is was fucking incredible. Yes, like, he was. He was incredible. He, was incredible. he wasn't... You could say he was bland a little bit like when it came to like just talking. And doing like promos in front of like people, he had his funny moments, but he was more of one of those wrestlers who was like, "Let's get to the fucking shit." Yeah, like, they put was... him in WCW. He was part of their cruiserweight division mm-hmm. because like the cruiserweight division was like, "Oh wow, we've got all of our guys like Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, you know, yes. Kevin Nash, all these motherfuckers who are like, I can talk, but are kind of shit in the ring." Yes, and then they bring in the cruiserweights, and they had like two spots at a show, and they the start they didn't talk in at the all middle. for yeah. a while. But they would, they would do all of the in-ring flips and technical stuff, and it was great. The uppity stuff you so, would be into. Yeah, the uppity stuff that <laughs> yes. you'd be into. The yeah. not talking. Yes. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah, so I'll get into, like, while WCW was, like, fucked up later on about, like, shit. But let's just jump into his, like, early career and early life. So Benoit idolized the Dynamite Kid growing up and styled himself after him. The Dynamite Kid was a part of a tag team called the British Bulldogs with Davey Hartsmith. Uh, no, not sorry. That's his son with Davy Boy Smith, and uh, the Dynamite Kid is a dick. He sucks. And we're like the Dynamite Dick, am I right? Yeah, no, he <laughs> blows as a person. Like well, everyone, that's why he's the Dynamite. Yes, no, <laughs> fuck you. I like that. Everyone hates I like him. That. Like it's known that he just sucks as a personality. Really great in the ring, though. Excellent wrestler. I think that's how a lot of wrestlers are, though. Yeah, like really good in the ring, but kind of dicks in real Especially life. Especially in the like that. Early, yeah, like, like he was actually 80s. a dick, or that was like his personality that he had to be. Nah, no, he was, he was dick. a dick. No, oh, okay. he was like, no, a dick. he was dick. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. He's in a wheelchair now. 
Oh, uh, yeah, so. that's how a lot of wrestlers are. No, it walks like from, dick. Yeah, from the <laughs> 70s. Yes. <laughs> like, that's how a lot of those wrestlers from the 70s and 80s were because there's a lot of steroids usage back then. Yes, which will come into a play later. Yes, mm. for him, definitely. So, uh, this prompted him to be a wrestler. His father described him as obsessive and said that he decided to wrestle at the age of 12 and began prepping for that. He went on to win several high school wrestling and bodybuilding awards. So when he began wrestling, he was initially billed as Dynamite Chris Benoit. He also began using the diving headbutt and the snap suplex, some of the kids' trademark signature moves. Okay, so the diving headbutt is literally which caused a lot of concussion problems. It's, it's exactly what you think it is. You oh, get okay. on the top rope and you dive down head first into the other person's head. Wow. Yeah, it was made... What's a suplex? I feel like that's a term that I just hear, but I don't know okay, actually what so, the move is. So the suplex is, um, so like, you know, I would go behind you and I would like throw you, but like I would like grab onto you and we'd fall like that. Okay. And then your head would like slam into the, like the ring. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. That yes. seems like also some brain damage issues there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. The diving headbutt was made by Harley Race, famous wrestler of the 70s. Harley Race said recently or back when he was still alive, I think he's dead now. He said that if he can go back in time, he would have never created that move. Wait, the which one? The, the diving headbutt. The flying headbutt. Yeah, because he said that that move has caused way too much damage to wrestling. Interesting. Because there's a lot of people that use it. Dumb. It's a dumb move to use. But Is it still used? I mean, I'm sure somewhere it is. Because yeah. here's, here's the thing about wrestling. So there are a lot of, like, the more mainstream of a company you are, like WWE, um, we'll do Ring of Honor and, yeah. like, uh, Impact Now, um, a lot of those, like, mainstream American companies try not to use a lot of head-impacting moves because of concussions. Yep. Um, and then you get to the indies, and it's another fucking story. Like, everyone on the indies does whatever they want. Yeah, um, interesting. And whatever. It's, and it's because it's the indies, because, like, you know, there's no limitations, and you're trying your best to, like, stick out. Um, so more eyes get on you. And so yes. you do kind of shocking shit like, like that. Yes. And that's why there's a lot of, uh, that's why like usually when there is like, you know, a, a tragedy in wrestling, like, you know, someone dies in the ring or like someone does have an accident. It's usually at an indie show. Um, mm-hmm. and that's because they do. And no, don't get me wrong. I love indie wrestling. I like indie wrestling more than I like Same fucking here. WWE wrestling. Same here. Like, I love indie wrestling. Like I love indie wrestling. Um, but they do have a little bit less, um, restrictions. Yes, you will in indie wrestling. You will see literally like people damn near kill themselves for like a subway sandwich <laughs> yeah. and an opportunity. I watched a, I watched really? I watched a wrestling mm-hmm. match and literally like someone took like a saw blade and like cut someone's forehead with it. Like what? Yeah, yes. they took like yes. a cheese grater and like yes. rubbed it down his like back. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, indie wrestling that sounds wild. That's, that's for uh, like death a lot matches. of combat yeah. zone like death matches and stuff. A CZW. lot of the yeah CZW's fucked. Um, yes, love them, but they're fucked. Yes, um, there's is. a lot of wrestling that I lo- I watch. Uh, it's like Ring of Honor, Major League Wrestling. They do like that stuff every now and then, but a lot of it is a lot of it's more like, like kind of like Blood the stuff feud. Chris Benoit yeah. did. Like no. a lot of technical stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of high flying stuff, a lot of fast paced action. Um, so stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you won't see a person get hit with a light tube. Have you ever? Often. Did you watch? Have you ever watched wrestling? Not really. Okay, so well, I guess so. You play the games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know Shawn Michaels move set, like the yeah. high flying super kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they do on the Indies. Yes. Literally, yeah. Sweet chin music. Yes, yeah. yep. yes, so, that, exactly. Yes, Tom uh, has played SmackDown versus Raw, like there are like the PlayStation Two games. Yeah, so, so he so he knows what he's talking about to some degree. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not eight. like clueless. But no, yeah, I'm, I get it. But all right, so and this is also back in the old days where 
you, they used to allow you to get hit in the head with a steel chair. Yeah. Uh, some people used to put their hands up, but some guys for some reason just was like, "Fuck it." A lot, of, in the a head. lot of it back in the day was like, "I don't need to put my hands up. I'm a fucking man." Yeah, and they hit were, me in the fucking yes, skull with that yes. chair. So Damn it! Give me a concussion. Just to be yeah. clear, like a lot of people regard it as being like fake, but it's like fake in the terms of they're not going all out, so but they're the still like acting and like they try not so, to hurt. So yeah. wrestling is fake. I'm using air quotes. Predetermined. In the, in the sense that the outcome is predetermined and there are ways to do the moves that make them safer. Um, and that's literally it. So yeah, like if I was a wrestler and we were wrestling a match, like I would, we would both know the outcome of the match. Um, but some wrestlers will choreograph every match to a T. Others will just call it when they get out mm-hmm. there. And the, and the things they do in the ring, there are ways to do them so you don't kill someone. But accidents still happen you know okay. i mean so i mean i watched uh i watched uh i have never seen the match but there's a video of a guy doing like a moonsault where he does like a backflip and literally just lands on his neck and like just breaks his neck and dies like it was insane wow so like yeah it's 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 it's, it's fake but like it's still dangerous as fuck is know? it more safe now than it was in oh you know, in yes. the 90s and 2000s it's yes. a lot it's a lot yes. more safe because it's a lot like i said a regulated lot of, it's a lot more regulated at least and like steroids WWE is kind of gone because there's a lot less um, with steroids, and there's also a more regard for like safety with the concussions and stuff. Because yes. you know concussions is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of wrestling companies are taking that style. Like a lot, there's a there's a the WWE style is like mm-hmm. what the style they wrestle there, and it's like a safer style, less less dangerous moves, more slower paced matches. And then you go watch a New Japan match, and they're literally oh, fucking actually elbowing Jesus each other in the face. Christ. Really? Like, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. There's like the strong yes. style matches where like literally in Japan, where like literally are actually like fucking punching each yes. other. Like it's it's great. And that that's the thing. Insane. And that's the thing too. Like in WWE, like there have been like, like Chris Jericho, um, who is probably going to come into play in this yeah, podcast because yeah. he's Chris Benoit's like best friend. Mm-hmm. He has even said in interviews like, you know, if I'm wrestling someone and like. You know, my dad's a professional hockey player. Like, I'm was brazed by a crazy son of a bitch. Like, actually hit me. Don't break my nose, but like hit me. So like, there are wrestlers that like actually they want, want you. That. Yeah, like, there's a way you can throw your punch and like actually hit with like your forearm that like still connect because like there's no way you can fake a punch. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, there are wrestling moves where like someone does fake a punch and you can see it. But for the most part, at least in the modern form of it, like they throw like forearms and stuff, and that's kind yeah. of like what they do now. Interesting. We're getting a little off topic. Yes. But. Let's dive back into Chris. So around this time, he goes and he goes to the famous Hart Family Dungeon, Ooh. which is the Hart Family Dungeon is basically like it's a very famous wrestling. Like, I guess I would you call can't it say gym. school because yeah, like a really fucking boot camp. Like, yeah, it's more of a boot camp. A lot of famous wrestlers are came there. Bret Hart, his dad, Stu Hart is the one who ran it. Bret Hart's came there. Everyone who's like in the Hart families went through there. Plus you have guys like Chris like Jericho. the most brutal wrestling like, training you could get. Yeah, no, it's really weird. Yeah, yeah Stu like is eat, a weird fuck. like eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. Yeah, like, wow. yeah, yeah, it's really weird. But uh, in 1985, he begins in Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling promotion. Uh, his debut match was a tag team match on November 22nd, 1985 in Alberta, Canada. I mean, in... Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where he teamed up with the remarkable Rick Patterson against Butch Moffat and Mike Hammer. During his tenure in Stampede, he won several international tag team and British Commonwealth titles and had a lengthy feud with Donnie Smith that lasted for over a year. So in 1989, Stampede closes his doors that year, and then Chris <coughs> left and went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So uh, Stampede ends up closing his doors because Vince McMahon was kind of like the 
Yeah. He's kind of in the air, flying over this whole thing. Vince McMahon Sr. Yeah. The yeah, guy who's okay. currently alive's dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Went and bought, like, just went on a, just a stand joyride and, like, bought all the companies. I mean, Vince, I guess. Well, no, uh, no, Vince, no. Vince, Vince, Vince McMahon Jr. bought Senior all the territories. Was warning people. His dad yeah. was telling people, do not let my son do this because my son is going to come here and he's going to yeah. buy everybody's company and literally take over. Yeah. And everyone was like, all right, sure. And they didn't believe him until did. Vince started going around and started buying people. And that's companies. why wrestling's a shithole that it is now. And if Vince, really? and his yeah. thing was, if he couldn't buy your company, what he would do is. Wait, you talking about, what do you mean by company? Okay, so, like, so, so basically, so basically back in the day, there were territories. Uh, wrestling was all about territories. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, like we would be in like the Great Lakes territory. So we would okay. have like Michigan, like Ohio, like Illinois. And there'd be like, uh, there'd be like one, maybe two wrestling like feds or companies that would like run shows in those areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those were all over the place. And every federation had like their star. And like, so for example, Jerry the King Lawler was like king of Memphis, Memphis yep. like in Memphis territory. And every now and then, uh, wrestling federations would like pay money to send their stars to other federations where they would wrestle. And that's why guys like Ric Flair, uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, Ricky Steamboat kind of got like their start because they went to other territories. NWA also. Yeah. And the, yeah, and then NWA was the National Wrestling Alliance and they owned a ton of other wrestling federations all in one umbrella. Um, so, so it was kind of like the organization that they would go to and they'd be they'd pick one champion out and they would send that champion around all the places to have them either just wrestle just to get your business going up in your region or your yeah. town. So what Vince started to do, so they would start companies and stuff and they'd have their one biggest star. So Vince would basically say, I'm going to buy you out or but if you say no, I'm going to take your main guy. Like yeah, because he star. had the money to take your star. Yes, and I will kill your whole company. Because Vince was at first... How did he make his money? Uh, his dad was the owner of WWWF, which was the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So that's where a lot of money was then because his dad had a... His company was huge. Like, his federation was huge. He had Bruno Sammartino, who was a gigantic star yeah. running around. And Bruno San Martino didn't lose the title for like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he literally yeah. was their guy for seven years and wow. didn't lose. Yep. Like, and when he did lose, they rioted. Yeah. It was bad. Like yeah. people would get stabbed over shit like this back in the day. Like, yeah. People cared. But so when Vince's dad, Vince bought out his dad, Vince senior and took the company from him, dropped one of the W's and went to WWF. And what he ended up doing is he went and he'll be like, all right, so I'm going, I want your company. And you would say, no, I'm going to keep my company because I'm making a lot of money. He'll say, okay, well, if Chad's like your number one guy, I'm going to take Chad. And, and Chad's like, hell yeah, give me the money. Because yeah, I'm going to give Chad I'm gonna take more money. Yeah. And, if, and also, if I get Chad and then you still don't close your doors, a lot of people would have TV syndicated in several towns, like within the area. Vince would come and buy that hour that you're on TV for more money. So then you can't show your TV or your wrestling anyway. Wow. Yeah. So he, would really literally, he would literally kill wrestling yeah. companies. And, and that's then, how, and that's why WWE is as big as it is. And like, so the WWE network, um, they're constantly adding archived film from like to the territory days because Vince bought the rights to all these companies. Their film library is just gigantic. And if Vince doesn't have it, he just goes and gets it. Yeah. Like, and he still does it now. Yeah, that's it's just so not as bad. There was a uh, there's a there's a company called uh, the World of Sport. They were a UK wrestling company. They wanted to have a, a show literally this year, um, and they did it, and it was really successful. And they were really worried about the UK 
like wrestling scene because the UK wrestling scene was is bitching. Like yeah, it's great. It's exploding. So what does Vince do? Vince goes and offers contracts to all of the popular UK wrestlers um, that were going to wrestle for them. Vince just offers them all contracts. More than half of them take it. So World of Sport like loses all of their stars. Vince takes these UK talent, does nothing with them for the longest time. They just sit on their asses and do nothing. And then when he saw, oh, wow, World of Sport was really successful, he launched NXT UK. And that's literally a wrestling show that takes place in the UK. And all these UK wrestlers just wrestle at it. Yes. Like, so, that's what he does. So is WWE a company or is it kind of corporation? Like, they're a corporation. So it like owns the companies. Vince, Mc, yeah. Vince McMahon is the founder and chairman of WWE. He runs the shit. Vince McNothing, WWE does. Vince, uh, it doesn't go, it goes through Vince. Everything they do, Vince everything. Approves. So Vince runs all of their wrestling shows, all their tours, everything that they do. Um, and they also, you know, they're also an entertainment company. So they also have like a movie studio where they make movies. Um, he just started up the XFL again. So they're getting a football league soon. Yeah. So he, wow. so, yeah, he has a lot of shit. Yeah. Vince McMahon's a crazy motherfucker. He is. So Chris Benoit, after Sam Pete closes doors because Vince came through and bought it. Uh, and he took, uh, the worst thing is, so Stu would put, Stu Hart would put his son, Bret Hart, like at the front. Vince took his son and then, and then made him a star. Yeah. So, uh, Vin, Chris goes to the new Japan, uh, pro wrestling because of a guy named Brad news. Allen told him to go there. And then he starts to work out and train in the new Japan dojo. So the new Japan dojo is their famous, like, uh, wrestling camp too. Where at New Japan Dojo, what they te- they teach you how to really fight first, and then they teach you how to wrestle. Yeah, it's backwards. Really? Because yeah. they what's what their yeah okay what their idea was is I feel like that kind of makes sense because then it's more believable. When no, so, yeah, you go. Yeah, so so basically the whole style with so WWE treats wrestling as a spectacle. It's all about the moments, you know, the larger than life characters, um, and New Japan treats it like an actual sport. Um, their characters, um, their, their performers, they, they do have like little styles about them, like Sushka Okada, Tetsuya Naito, like they're fucking awesome. But what makes them so awesome is the fact that they're just fucking killers. Like, uh, there's a guy named Minoru Suzuki and if he walked in right now, I'd give him all my money and a pizza cause he could f- fucking kill us. <laughs> he was literally a, a, a professional MMA fighter turned bo- uh, w- wrestler and like literally like he, he'll just, he, Literally just doesn't care. Like hit me, kick, elbow me, knee me right in the goddamn face. Like they treat it. They treat the new Japan style is they treat it like a sport. Um, and that's just what it is. It's way more brutal. It's way more high packed. It's way, it's way more. They will literally fucking drop you on your head. And it's just, it's not, it's no, not that big deal there. Wow. Yeah. Like, it sounds intense. It's and, intense yeah. as hell. And I love it. And then they also would send guys in America there because back in the day, whenever they would try to <laughs> say, if you're a champion, they would do. They would have you know how to actually fight because if someone tries to, you know, they call it shooting, which is actually fight you to like kind of screw you over and like make you either look weak or just to like force the belt off of you. You would then know how to defend yourself if yeah. that happens. The people did that. Yes, yeah. they did. Yes, that's, I mean that's people still do. It. People still do it now yeah. to a lesser degree. Like in the indies, and even for the profession, and even for like, for like WWE, it's really rare with WWE. But like for some of these shows now, you'll watch. And like there was an instance a few years ago where this uh, wrestler like actually put someone in like a submission hold and shot on them and injured them because they just didn't like them. 
Yeah. So like it's rare because it basically blacklists you and like good luck getting a job. Like it's really frowned upon. But yeah, it happens. But back then it was more normal. And then so he goes there. He spends like a, a while there, and then he debuts under Mass. No, and he was known as the Pegasus Kid. Pegasus fucking kid. Which is normal and like kind of it happens down there in New Japan, especially if you're like what they call a junior heavyweight. That's kind of like a cruiserweight, but like not completely. But so he came into his own as a performer. He had matches with people such as Jushin Thunder Liger, the Black Tiger, and then El Samurai. These are all huge like people. Jushin Thunder Liger is a goddamn man. Gigantic over there. But in 1990, he won his first major championship, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship from Jushin Liger. He lost the title back to Liger and his mask. And then he reinvented himself as the Wild Pegasus. Then lost the Super J Cup tournament. And then after that, he left New Japan. And then he competed in Mexico and Germany, where he won a few regional championships. And then he left and came over to World Championship Wrestling the first time. Yeah. Which is very important. Is there any particular reason why he went to New Japan before debuting in America? Uh... A lot of people go over to New Japan. Well, also you have to think for a guy who is is his size back, especially back then. Wrestling in like that time was really, really about giant dudes, like larger than life, buffed to the gills, ripped, just personalities. Yeah. And the opportunity, like the opportunities back, then, and even now to this day, still even now, the opportunities to wrestle for other countries is just if you're a wrestler, that's how you prove yourself. Like if you're if you're if you're a wrestler, like you go wrestle Mexico or like Japan, and that if you can make it work there, you can make it work anywhere. Uh, those places are just unbelievable, um, and it's and it's even true to this day. But like there's like guys like Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, like all those guys made it um, in Japan and Mexico before they even set foot in WWE, and it's it's just because that's just the opportunity there. That's what you do. So yeah. So he goes to World Championship Wrestling, WCW. He wrestles there in June 1992, teaming with fellow Canadian wrestler Biff Wellington for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Yes, terrible names back then. I love that name. Uh, They were defeated by Brian Pillman and Juson Liger. Brian Pillman's dead. Uh, But uh, Brian Pillman was fucking great. That's another podcast for another day, but Brian Pillman was awesome. Interesting death, too. Uh, He would not return to WCW until January 1993 at the Class of Champions, defeating... Brad Armstrong, then and he leaves it. He faces two cold stroke Scorpio a month later, and then loses that. And then after that, he leaves after losing to in a tag team match with him and Bobby Eden. He lost to Scorpio and Marcus the Stuff Bagwell. His name was the Stuff Buff Bagwell, baby. Buff Bagwell gave us a shout out um, mm-hmm. for our podcast. Buff the Stuff back. Really? Back when we were with the other company. The American Mail. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. At Slamboree. And after that, Chris heads back to Japan. So in between his time, after he, he leaves Japan, because he's not there for too long, he goes to ECW, or Extreme Championship Wrestling. So ECW is more of a... It was the extreme wrestling back then. Like, those were... They, they were kind of... the. Not the start of it in America, but kind of like the ones who kind of made it, brought it to the forefront in this country. Because overseas, they were beating the shit out of each other with a whole bunch of shit anyway. But ECW made it like... Yeah, ECW known. was like like a cult classic. Like, you know, it was it was like the breakfast club of wrestling. It was Nirvana like, for yeah. wrestling. Like, no, they had its hardcore cult following that loved it. 
Um, then and it died. It was, and then it died because, yeah, it did. Vinny Mac came through and took that too. <laughs> wow, he <laughs> took everything. Vince yes, just took did. all of their talent. Like Vince was like, if I can't kill WCW, damn it, I'll take all your talent. Yeah, no, he took all their talent and WCW would also take all their talent. That was kind of like back in the 90s. There was a period where... If you were in ECW, you were pretty much going to end up at some point in WWE or WCW. Well, yeah, because WCW and WWE or WWF back then had, yeah. had the money to give you an exclusive contract. Because they were both owned where by you, you work for us and no one else, but ECW didn't. So if you were under contract for ECW, there was, there was, it wasn't exclusive. You could go wrestle for other companies. And so. And a lot of people didn't have contracts yeah. back no, then. No, they didn't. A lot of them just, you just showed up, got. You're paid a hot dog. And, <laughs> yes. And, yeah. But Vince was like, nah, you know, come work for us. And, that, and he does that even now to this day. He'll offer people contracts so other companies can't get them and just does nothing with them. But yeah. Just, just so that they can't compete. Just so yep. they can't compete anywhere else. That's that's cold. But yeah. So uh, what happens is, so this is how he comes up, how he gets to name the Crippler, Crispin Watt. So. In November to remember 1994, Chris Benoit accidentally breaks Sabu's neck, which is a, a crazy as fuck wrestler. And like at that time, he is like, he's insane. I would show you clips of him at some point, but yeah, he does. He's really known for that extreme style. Like he does wild shit. He actually has cuts on his head and on his stomach because he's been like, had to either blade or like been cut open that much. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. There was one time he was actually cut open on his arm, and his like uh, muscle started coming out, his tendons, and he had to like put it. He had to like he would always he took like he had these pants and he had like a waistband, so he ripped it and then wrapped it in there to keep them in there. Wait, not during a match, right? Yes. Yeah, in a match. And he Whoa. finished the match. To give you another thing about how crazy fucking wrestling is, there was a guy and he passed away earlier this year, but his name was Vader, <sighs> and he wrestled Stan Hansen and. Stan Hansen actually hit Vader so hard his eyeball popped out of his socket. What? And he popped his eyeball back in. No, and he didn't. finished the match. What? That's what a and, lot of them And he do. can and when he was alive, he could still pop his eyeball back out. What? He did an interview where he just like popped it out to show people. It That's was disgusting. Insane. Yeah, they were. It was nasty back then. That is nasty. But uh, Va- Vader was the guy. He was in Boy Meets World. He did the guest spots. He did do a guest spot in Boy Meets. Did you watch I'll Boy Meets World? Did not. I've seen it, but I, yes, I couldn't tell you about it. I love Boy Meets World. But yeah, so the <laughs> in, the injury came when Benoit threw Sabu with the intention that he came off a came to take a face first pancake bump, but bumps are like the like hitting the mat. But Sabu attempted to turn midair and take a backdrop. Instead, he did not achieve full rotation and landed directly on his neck. So after the match, Paul Heyman, who was the Owner and head booker, which is the booker, is the person who comes up with the finishes in the in the uh, company. Uh, he came up with the name the Crippler for Chris Benoit, which because in wrestling anything that happens can be used as heat, mm-hmm. and basically what heat is is it's whatever it can get a reaction. So like you know, Chris Benoit breaks someone's actual neck. Well, yeah, that sucks for you, Sabu. We hope you're okay, but like let's make some money off this. They call him the Crippler. He needs says all about how he broke Sabu's neck. Like actually broke Sabu's neck. So what neck. happened to Sabu after that? Oh, he still wrestles. He still wrestles. He's he still fine. wrestles today. Does he really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Sabu's fine. Sabu's had worse. He's had a person with a broken neck? Yeah, Sabu's had worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely worse than that. Yeah. Uh, from that point until his departure from ECW, Chris was known as the Crippler Chris Benoit. However, when he turned to WCW in the fall of 1995, 
he became because WCW always just modifies shit for no reason or just to kind of get away from copyright. He became Canadian crippler Crispin Raw. Yeah. Which WCW was unanimous. Like they were known for it. They would literally, this is something WCW would do. <laughs> they would take hit songs on the radio and just change them just a little bit and take the lyrics out. So then they could have the wrestlers still come out to those songs, but then they wouldn't get sued. Really? Yeah. Yep. I feel like they wouldn't fly today. I don't know. Because people like DDP were coming out. He's a wrestler who was huge in WCW. He would come out to Nirvana, smells like Team Spirit. But they took the lyrics out, but it still went dun, 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 dun. And then it just go into the... That's, yeah, that's it was crazy. bad. Uh, some people were coming out to Pearl Jam, but they would take <laughs> the lyrics off. It was weird. But so he goes to WCW. This is where it starts to get interesting. So he's in WCW now from 1995 to 2000. And it's gonna, this is where a lot of interesting stuff happens for him. And stuff that are going to be important for the rest of his life. So after New Japan Pro Wrestling and WCW had a working relationship because of their talent exchange program, been lost times with WCW in late 1995 and to early 1996, he started out in WCW as a member of the Cruiserweight Division, having lengthy matches against many of his former rivals in Japan. So after this, after impressing higher-ups, he became a member of the reformed Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen was like a gigantic... like Ric Flair. It was a Ric Flair-led group. group. Um, it was basically just like the four biggest heels in wrestling. It was, it was like Arn Anderson... Rick Flair, Tully Blanchard. Oh, I don't know. You can't forget yeah. about Oli. Yeah, and Oli. Uh, it was those four, and they just, they were awesome. Oh, and J.J. Dillon. Yeah, and J.J. Dillon. He was and they've had And they've had many, like, they've had many They try to recapture the magic. You know, when yeah. something's so huge, we try to recapture it. Because the Four Horsemen was giant, like, huge in, like, the 80s. And then, like, WCW was, like, WCW had a problem with, like, trying to recapture magic. It's something they would do over and over again to try to kind of redo something that was giant again, and it would never work. So that was always their problem. So he was placed, he was placed in the Four Horsemen in 1995 alongside Rich, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Brian Pillman. When Pillman left the company in 1990, I mean, he leaves the company for the WWF, which is with Brian Pillman, he got out of his contract by acting like he was literally crazy, and then he told them, I'm going to go work for ECW for a little bit. And then they released him for the contract. He immediately goes to WWF. And then he immediately goes to WWF. But he had had a car accident after uh, around this time, so he wasn't like the same as he used to be. That's one of the more tamer things. Like, yeah. uh, there there were guys like, there was like, raw, like for, uh, Rick Rude literally showed up both shows the same day. Like yeah. quit raw WCW and just like shows up to, to Raw and just yeah. like, Really? Yeah, Holy WWE shit. used to be taped, so then he left, and then WCW Nitro was live, so he showed up there live while he was also on the episode of Raw. Yeah, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. Um, so after that, after uh, Pillman leaves the group, Benoit was placed into an on his ongoing feud that uh, Brian Pillman had with the Booker. Of WCW, Kevin Sullivan. So Brian Pillman was in a like a feud with Brian. I mean, Brian Pillman was in a feud with Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan was a booker at the time who was like in charge of, like I said, all the cool, like, this is going to be champion or this is how the match is going to end and shit like that. 
So Sullivan books himself into this feud with Chris Benoit, right? So at the time, Kevin Sullivan was married to Nancy Benoit. So Kevin Sullivan books the feud to have an affair between Chris Benoit and his wife, Nancy Benoit, his real wife. So Kevin Sullivan basically books the end of his marriage. Yeah, because because here's what happened. So so in in storyline purposes, he was supposed to have the affair. But what happened was Nancy and Chris Benoit actually started falling in love while they were doing the story. And so like it actually happened for real. Like he Nancy leaves Kevin Sullivan and then marries Chris Benoit. And Kevin Sullivan hated Chris Benoit like for the entire time yes. he was the rest of his life. Wait, so Kevin Sullivan was legitimately married to her? He yeah. was legit married to okay. Nancy. She the was Nancy, Nancy yeah. Sullivan. Nancy Sullivan. And then she divorced him because she, she fell woman. because she fell in love with Chris Benoit during their storyline where they were having an affair. And the funny wow. thing is, Kevin Sullivan, in order to make the like the whole thing seem more real, like because back then we had a thing called kayfabe, which was making sure that it was like everyone else thought it was real. Yeah, but it really, you know, so what he would do is he would force them to spend time together in public. So this is when they started falling in love. He would make them hold hands and share hotel rooms. He's kicking himself over that one. Yes. To make the affair look real, which then would turn into a real affair. Yeah. So because of this, yes, Sullivan hated Chris Benoit for the rest of his time there. For his life. Yeah, basically. And. To make it even worse, Chris Benoit defeated Kevin Sullivan before this happened in a retirement match. So it took Kevin Sullivan off of TV. So he books his retirement and also books his... He loses his career and his wife. To Chris Benoit. To Chris Benoit. And uh, yeah, he never took uh, the undue liberties in the ring during the feud, even though he blamed Benoit for the breaking up of his marriage, even though it was Kevin's fault. So yeah. This leads into Nancy, who was then called back then called woman. So wait, so she was was she a wrestler then? She wasn't a wrestler. She was a valet. So it's like a manager. Okay. So yeah. she was known she's as called. Is is that a testament to how few women were there or what? No, she was just called woman. All right. But all the women back then were usually valets. <coughs> okay. Or they were rarely wrestlers because they, they had. Were, they had women's champions back then, but like women's wrestling is like was not even close to what it is today. It like, was like you wouldn't see Ronda Rousey working for yeah, WCW. No, it was bra and panty then. matches back then. Yeah, stuff like that. But so she won by woman. So the question is, who is woman? So Nancy graduated from D Land High School. Yeah, Nancy is like the focal point. Of this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Like Nancy gets she I'm gonna give you the background on Nancy Benoit now. She had a job answering phones at State Farm Insurance before she even started got involved in the rest of the business. early days of Nancy Benoit. So she was married to another man. I forgot his name. Oh, it's something Douse. I think it was Ted Douse. It's not that important. Yeah. And uh when a guy named George Napolino needed a beautiful young girl for the cover of the June nineteen eighty four edition of Pro Wrestling magazine, Wrestling All Stars, fellow photographer Bill Odden suggested a twenty year old Nancy Telefoloni Douse for the role. I'm pretty sure I bitched I uh, fucking butchered that middle name. But Nancy who had worked as a model often sat 
alongside her then-husband, Jim. She'd also been selling programs at the Orlando shows and appeared at the Para in the old re- apartment wrestling features. It was on this shoot where she met Kelvin Sullivan, and he eventually invited her to be his wrestling uh, valet and a part of his entourage, and she became known as the Fallen Angel. Wow. Yeah, that was her name at first. So... Uh, she joins his group in ECW, no, in Florida Championship Wrestling, and he had a group of Satanists. Yeah, that was like his gimmick that yeah. he was a Wait, Satanist. Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan's, Kevin Sullivan's okay. like gimmick was he was like a, a like a Satanist. Yeah, wow, that's like he had a dark, it was a dark, really hardcore gimmick, back yeah. then. But uh, he had the wrestlers like the Lock, Luna Vachon, who's crazy, the Purple Haze, and Sir Oliver Humperdinck. <laughs> was a that's a different one. Yes, it is. He one of these names do not sound good. <laughs> Humper Dick was my favorite. It, it is mine. But Nancy and Sullivan traveled. Uh, Nancy and Kevin Sullivan traveled throughout the United States using the Satanist gimmick for for promotions such as Angelo Savoni's IWCW and Southwest Championship Wrestling, and then the two married in 1985. But that's the thing, like with with like. The smaller companies like that, you could get away with like those more controversial like gags. Yeah. Like you know, there's a there's a wrestler on the indies right now. His name's Joey Ryan, and his entire thing is he's a professional dick wrestler. No, he, it's his, not. He uses his so he like he has his, his finishing move. He literally like you'll grab onto his dick and you're like flex, and then when he's flexing, you're like ah, oh! and you're like flex again, and then like you'll ah, oh! and then he'll like do this thing and like flip you with his dick. What? Yes. <laughs> that would never happen in WWE. No, but with the indies, you can do whatever you want. So like stuff like that gets over with the indies. And I love Joey Ryan. So that's so hilarious. she's married to Kevin Sullivan now in '85. Uh, they go to WCW. <laughs> they stay there for a while, and then she leaves the group of uh, the Legion. I mean, the this group that they had called Doom with Butch Reed and Rod Simmons. And then she aligns herself with Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen in 1989 to 90. Then they leave there and then they go to ECW where her and Kevin Sullivan join ECW. And then that's when she changed her name to Woman. And then she's there for a little while and then goes back to WCW. And this is where she runs into Crispin Wall for the first time. And then they fall in love and get married. And then they leave. So they are there together. And then they leave, and then that goes into late. That goes into two thousand, the year two thousand. This is the what I call the marriage of Chris and Nancy. So in two thousand, Chris Manwalt, he just before I will say, Nancy left uh, WCW, and she's not seen on TV when she gets with Chris because Kevin's like, get her off of my TV screen. Yeah. Because I'm pissed off. So now it's just Chris there. So in 2000, Chris Benoit left WCW and he went to WWE, or at the time WWF, alongside his friends Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Dean Merlinko, and crazy. Perry Saturn. So, so around this time, there was a thing called the Monday Night Wars, where WWE and, w- and WCW uh, were both on Monday nights, and there was just a big network battle. And... Uh, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. These guys were cruiserweights for WCW. And the one bad thing about the cruiserweights is WCW didn't really see 
the the opportunity there. You know, they were the most like entertaining parts mm-hmm. of their show by far. By two thousand, for sure, they were never they were never treated like main eventers, which means they were never paid like main eventers. And these guys were like, "We're the best wrestlers on your show." Like, so what they did, like in the middle of like just a random Monday Night Raw, in the front row of Raw, you see Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko just chilling front row. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they're like, "Oh my God!" Like they've left WCW. And they went for WWE. That was the point. That was the point right there. Yeah. Wow. And to keep Chris Benoit. reveal. (laughs) Yeah. To keep Chris Benoit. uh, Well, first, when they went, they were known as the Radicals. Yeah. So to to keep Chris Benoit, WCW tried to make him world champion in 2000 as their last shot at keeping him because the company at that time was dying and looking to put his faith into younger, better working guys such as Benoit after treating them like actual dog shit for many years. Yeah, because literally they were like, because what they did was WCW banked on like Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, all of like their older stars where that were great in like the seventies and like the eighties, but like really weren't, as well as it could have been. 90s, yeah, yeah, in early 90s. But, like, you know, we're all old as hell now. But by and the time 2000 came around, nobody wanted to see Hulk Hogan anymore. Yeah. It was because it was just old hat. Like, yeah. they want to see something mm-hmm. new. And that's why WWE got so popular back then is because they banked on new stars like Stone Cold Steve Austin, like The Rock. Like, they took these guys who, you know, are household names now, but back then... Like Steve Austin got fired from WCW. Yep. WCW fired Stone Cold fucking Steve Austin. Wow. And WWE made him a redneck who drank beer and was a badass. He and was also <laughs> the Hollywood blonde. Yeah. In WCW. in WCW, he was the Hollywood blonde. The, That's like, a pretty bad name. Yeah. They mm-hmm. called him the ringmaster. Yep. <laughs> That's actually a thing. They mm-hmm. called him the ringmaster. What a shit gimmick that must have been, right? <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, so then he jumps ship. He, so, you know, he does, he does so many cool things and more and jumps ship to the superior company and becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know? The star who literally, alongside The Rock, ended up killing them. WCW. Yeah, they can't compete. Like, there's they just no way. They, they just get blown out in the ratings all the time because, like, they're just with them, Triple H. Like, they just, there's just no competing. And by that point, The Mick Rock, Foley. The Rock and Steve Austin, even Mick Foley, they were like, how, like, Household, household. Names. Yeah, WCW like, got so desperate they because again Raw was taped. So at one point, at one point, a way to try to sabotage Monday Night Raw, they said on live TV on WW WCW Nitro, they said, "Don't bother turning into the other show. There's ju- you're just gonna see Mick Foley win the world title because they they gave away the finish of the main event of Raw, and everyone said." Wow, Mick Foley winning the world title is a lot better than any of the hot fucking garbage we're watching here. And they all tuned in to watch Mick Foley win the world title. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, WCW was a shit show by 2002. Yeah. Yeah, so it was too late, so he left. But also around this time, his son Daniel was born in February of 2000. Uh, Daniel. Which is his youngest son. Daniel, yeah. Uh, Daniel's their kid. Who comes in here pretty... He comes up. Later on, yeah, uh, I know has, he does. Yeah, he was born with uh, autism, and uh, yeah, so in February of 2000, I'm like, This is my third son, I mean, my third child. This is Chris Benoit's third kid, first one with Nancy. I will get into that in a second, but so he's like, I, I gotta go, I have a kid now, I gotta mm-hmm. I have another kid. So Chris Benoit takes some time off and he leaves. So then he and Nancy would then marry on November 23rd, 2000. So after they have Daniel in February, they remember, they marry in November. And then by the way, this is Chris Benoit's second marriage and third child. 
So Chris Wan had two children from previous marriage, which is David, born in 1993, and Megan, born in 1997, with his ex-wife Martina. He fled. He files for divorce from Martina in 1997. I literally could not find shit about Martina. <laughs> oh, really? Nope. I searched for literally like an hour or two and Wait, couldn't find one thing. Was she just like a normal, regular guess, person? Yeah, she, was just a, she was just a random Yeah, I, was some regular. I thought they would have asked more questions after everything that went down, but no. Didn't see shit. She probably kind of she probably doesn't want to tell anybody yeah. who her ex husband was. That's yeah, probably true. So now I'm gonna take this. This is the round where we're gonna end. This is where I'm gonna fast forward on to the year 2003. In 2000, 2003 is a very significant year for Crispin Wall. The very next year, he is going to win the Royal Rumble match. Which is going to lead it to an amazing yeah, so triple threat match. The Royal Rumble is something that they have every year. Um, so it's it's so there's Royal Rumble, there's another pay per view, and then there's WrestleMania. Um, and they call it the Road to WrestleMania because most of your WrestleMania stories start at the Royal Rumble. And the Royal Rumble match is a is a giant battle royal where they have thirty people come in. It's an over the top rope match, and the last one standing wins. Uh, a world title match at WrestleMania, and they main event WrestleMania, basically. Okay. So, Chris Benoit wins. Yes, he wins the Royal Rumble match in 2004, and he would have an amazing triple threat match at WrestleMania. with triple, triple threat? So, triple threat is just there's three people in the ring. Yep. Oh, okay. With Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and he would main event WrestleMania and win the World Heavyweight yeah. Championship. It was his, yeah, he wins, the Royal, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship yep. at WrestleMania. And WrestleMania is basically like the Super Bowl of I wrestling. watched that WrestleMania as a kid and was elated. I was so happy. I yes. loved, I, I was a huge Chris Benoit fan when I was a little kid. Wow. Love Chris Benoit. A lot of people didn't love after Chris he, Benoit. After he won the heavyweight title, Eddie Guerrero, his best friend enters the ring and they yeah. have a heartfelt heart. Yeah. Hug celebration. Because Eddie Guerrero came through like the same upbringing and like mm-hmm. the same story as Chris Benoit. They, they fought and they wrestled each other in Japan. They wrestled each other in ECW like Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were like best friends, and Chris Jericho was in there too. And Ch- Chris Jericho, Chavo Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Eddie, and and Chris—that was like their squad. Like that was like their group of friends. Um, so yeah, Eddie Guerrero is like holy shit because you won the world title because Eddie Guerrero was world yep. champion at that point too. So they're just two best friends that both are world champions because WWE had has two world champions usually. There's like the SmackDown champion and then there's the Raw champion. Okay. Cuz there's two brands. Mm-hmm. So So he they come in, they do the heartfelt hug and everything. And uh so the reason why I picked the year 2003, the year before the best year of Chris Benoit's life. In 2003, his wife Nancy Benoit files for a divorce. Uh citing the marriage as irreconcilably broken and alleging Cruel treatment. Yikes. She later drops the suit, as well as the restraining order filed on her husband. This is where we end part one. Oh, man. So at the end, they get a divorce. But. Did they? Or did she? No. Did she, she try drops to get it? Okay. She tries to get it. She tries to get a divorce. Saying cruel treatment and irreconcilable differences. But for some reason, she decides to keep on going. So if we're going to do a quick timeline, this is 2003. 2004, he wins the championship. 2005, 2006, wrestling. 2007, everyone's dead. (laughs) 
Uh, Eddie Guerrero. How did we get Ed, there? Eddie Guerrero dies. A little bit after. No, very, very, very quickly after the WrestleMania match. Like, Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah, Eddie Guerrero died shortly. Oh, my God. I was gutted when Eddie Guerrero Mm -hmm. passed away. Eddie Guerrero dies in 2005. Yeah, and that's that's important, too, to the story. And I'm sure you'll touch on it when Mm -hmm. you do part two. But Eddie Guerrero's passing really fucks with Chris Benoit. That's like his best friend. So, wow, I feel like he was at like the highest high. Yeah, and it's all about to just fall. That's apart. actually the best point to end it because like that is the highest point of Chris Benoit's life, yep. at least career wise. Yep, he Eddie Guerrero is gonna die in two thousand five, and then, as you are going to hear in my clip at the intro of this episode, we're gonna see how WWE handles his death. This is an oddly upbeat ish way to end the episode, or an oddly upbeat ish episode in general. Yeah. We're gonna end on. I think it's because you had a really diehard wrestling fan who kind of just like geeked out about wrestling for like. An I hour. liked it. I felt like I was playing the part of like anybody that doesn't know anything about wrestling. Yes, yeah. you were. So that way, anyone. Welcome that- to Grant's life. That's how he feels <laughs> whenever we record our podcast. But yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to end it there because I wanted you to hear about the high of the highs before we get into the low of the fucking lows, because this story is going to fall what a roller coaster. so hard and it's going to be really fucked up at the end because now there's three people that's dead and two kids left who were left to pick up the ashes of their father's fuck, fucking mistakes and also a kid who wants to become a wrestler now who's blackballed because of something he didn't do but his father did so yeah that's how we're going to end it, but I want to say thank you, Chad, for coming on and help. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, because Tom, Tom literally would have known nothing. Yeah, I think that thing is great. You're yeah. a great guest. Yeah, hopefully you have me on for part two. Oh, you, I'm hoping Absolutely. to. Yes, <laughs> yes, no, I'm hoping because yeah, we're to. getting, I mean, I was going to say we're getting to the best part. We're not oh. getting to the best part. We're getting to the sad part, but the like, we're getting part. to the, the bulk of what this episode's yes. about. Yeah. Like, I just want to give people a look into wrestling and to also, because I feel like you need to... At least you need to know. Underground. You need like, to know Chris Benoit's story to get why this. I mean, obviously, you know, people are dead. It's sad. Yeah. But like to really get like Chris Benoit's mindset and like what caused him to do the things he did is actually really sad. Like the fact that like you know, and we'll touch upon this in part two. But like it's it's like not even like all of his friends from like the wrestling business were like, this is not the same guy we knew. Like, yeah. And it happens like literally, he snaps in like a month. Like wow, that like, fast. It's like a f- couple months of him just slowly losing himself. Two thousand five is a hell of a year, and wrestling. There's, I will end it with this. If there's two things, there's only two things for sure common and for guaranteed of wrestling. One of them is Vince McMahon is gonna buy you out of business, and the second one is your friends. And probably you are going to die. And when they die, it's either going to be tragic and fucking sad. And they're going to start seeing punk chance. That too. Randomly for no reason. I wish they'd let that go. But yeah. <laughs> so like I say at the end. Uh, you want to plug our stuff before you do that? Oh, yeah. So no, you do that. Well, uh, yeah, get fucked. Yeah, get, <laughs> I'm going to end it with that. That was the first time I came off this episode. You're yeah. the first one to say it. Oh, I do. I had yeah. to say it. Um, so if you want to keep up with us, uh, and be up to date when all the episodes are posted and just up to date in other 
spooky and weird stuff. We kind of post articles or I guess memes on Me, the on yeah. the Instagram uh and the Twitter. That's at Tom and Demir, T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R. Mm-hmm. So go follow us both those places. Like I said, we post the episodes when they uh when they drop. We promo them throughout the week. And we also give you some other tidbits of uh stuff that's pretty on brand for us. So give us a follow there. The Tom and Emir brand. The Tom and Emir brand the is T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R brand. There you go. That's yep. us. The yeah. wonderful it's a wonderful it's brand. A hell of <laughs> brand. But uh yeah, you want to plug some shit? Before? Sure, I'll plug some shit. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at the chat one hundred. Um, you can follow uh, if you know if this story of Chris Benoit inter- uh, excites you and you want to learn more about wrestling, or if you're a fan of wrestling but didn't know this podcast existed. Uh, we're also an M more. We are the Pinned a Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you can follow us at Twitter at Pinned Podcast. Yeah, well, like we always say, wow, that episode was fooked. It actually wasn't. I but... mean, yeah, it wasn't actually fooked. Like next week, it is literally going to be fooked. Like yeah. it's gonna be fooked. It's gonna be triple fooked. I might. But actually, this episode was kind of. I might. I might. I might shed a tear. Yeah, this episode I was more. It was half fooked. Yeah. On a um, level it was foo. one foot to like <laughs> five fooks. It was. It was a foo. 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 But yeah, goodbye. Now on the notable, you guys can talk about our. Now on groupies, you can talk about food fighters. No tables. Yeah. No. Bye. I guess. Wait. Hold on. What else we say? We say, make sure you listen, join the club, Insta- and thank you, Chad, for joining the club. Yes. Oh, hey, uh, do I get a jacket somewhere? I'm at some when point, make <laughs> hopefully. Uh, yeah, and the, the yeah, stay food. You guys food. are welcome to pinned anytime. <laughs> stay food. This is a hell of an ending here. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to end it here. This is it. It's over. I just smacked the table. It's done. Put your stamp on the world. <laughs>